Hey everyone, it's Lauren and Mark. Welcome to another edition of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. We have some great stuff in store. Let's get to it. All right. Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and today we have episode 40 for you. When I think about the number 40 mark, I think of Sterling Marlin. David Stremme got in that car after him. At the local level, I think of Jeremy Leepak, who was very dominant in the 40 car. Uh, also, Evan Sanis, among a few others. Uh, who do you got today? Hey, man, yeah, Leepak, he still runs around. He, do, he does snowmobile kind of stuff, too, also. Hey, Kurt Tillman, you know, um, he runs around on the 40. And Michael Beamish. He's an iRacer friend of mine. Um, you know, back in the day, I remember a guy named Cliff Floyd. He used to run a 40 car. And didn't Wally Dallenbach, or there was a Dallenbach that ran an STP uh, Indy car. And that was a number 40 back then, a sharp looking car. That's about all the 40s I got, man. Not, once again, not much of a popular number. Well, I got one more, one more for you. It's one of the best names I've ever seen on these lists. How about Slick Johnson? What a name that is. <laughs> Pretty slick, dude. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, maybe he raced on the dirt and then came to NASCAR after that or something. <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe. Or maybe he liked racing in the in the rain with the slick tires on. Huh. Um, maybe he invented the slick tire. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe. <laughs> who, who knows why you get a, get a nickname like slick, but, uh, I think that'd be a pretty cool nickname, huh? I saw that and I was like, that's awesome. Uh, let's talk about the Xfinity series right away. Um, boy, early Noah Gregson was on the move. He started 23rd. He was up to P5 in 15 laps. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Once on the the high line, or or we got the Reddick line, that's even higher. Um, it was an amazing race. It started out, and there there was people blocking going into turn one and sending people down to the apron. Uh, I don't understand why we're blocking that early, but uh, uh, that was the kind of the things that were uh, coming up on this race here. Yeah, you down on the paint that far down, all of that. It was. It was really crazy on those starts and restarts there. Uh, Harrison, or excuse me, Daniel Hemrick lost track of where his pit box was when he went to pit. They actually, uh, a crew guy got hit and tires went scattering. Harrison Burton barely avoided one of those tires. Uh, the guy that was pitting for Daniel Hemrick that got hit, he ended up going to the infield care center later on, was okay. He actually pitted for Denny Hamlin today, uh, but very, very scary. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, he's part of the 11 team. Um, unbelievable, man. Hey, you can't give credit to them, enough credit to them guys. Uh, unbelievable, but yeah, um, it's just like Hemrick missed his pit box and and uh, there's why bad, bad situation there, but it nobody got hurt, man. Good deal. Yeah, uh, afraid that that guy that got knocked down, he was in pit lane, he was a full body length outside of that when he went down and I, you know, if another car was come good Lord, what could have happened? Dude. Thank God. Nothing like that happened. Yeah. They checked his they x-rayed his ribs, but I think I'd more x-ray his uh, his backside because man, he got dumped on the, on the blacktop there. And uh, yeah, the tires just went flying and everything, you know, totally bad situation, but uh, it's, it worked out. So uh, no injuries and everybody uh, came okay out of that. Yes, very, very thing. Well, there was a couple of lead changes near the end of stage one. Gregson took it on the uh, on the restart there with 10 to go. Then Justin Haley, who restarted 20th, he took tires. He took it two laps later. And then Almendinger finally takes it with three to go, and he goes on and wins stage one. Man, talk about um, – can't believe how fresh tires work at Homestead. It's just unbelievable. Used tires against new tires down there. They say that track is abrasive, and uh, apparently 
by the by the stopwatch, it, it kind of shows that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, crazy, like you said, it was. It didn't take long for for them to get through the field. It was it was unbelievable. Even with the traffic they were in, three four wide on the restarts, they were able to slice their way through and and get to the front there. Uh, AJ Elmendinger won, as we mentioned. Justin Haley second. Daniel Hemrick, Harrison Burton, Jeb Burton, Justin Elgar, Brandon Jones, Josh Berry. Michael Annette and Noah Gregson rounded out the top 10 at the end of stage one. Yep. Yep. That's how the top 10. And then, uh, isn't it amazing that when they were on the caution, how, uh, um, later on the 20, he blew up while he was, um, um, on the caution and Brett Brown, he had a plug wire come off and he ended up two laps down out of that. Yeah, of course. That was my pick for the weekend, Harrison Burton. So I think I got a text at the moment that happened, uh, from someone wink wink uh but <laughs> yep Harrison Burton had an engine issue under under that caution unfortunately uh under the first caution in stage two uh really clean stage two though after that nothing really big Austin Sindrick goes on to win stage two it was Sindrick Snyder Gregson Herbst Brandon Jones Clements Sieg Almondinger, Jeb Burton and Landon Castle your top 10 in stage two you know, Cendric had fresh tires there at the end there, and he was like three seconds faster than anybody else, just like capital W-O-W. Could not believe how fast Cendric was with those fresh tires after that uh, stage there. Yeah, again, the fresh tires were, you know, it was mind-boggling how crucial they they mattered for. And you saw a little bit of strategy here. Some people had two or three sets left at the end. Some had two. It was starting to play a factor. Started made you, made you think a little bit. Um, JJ Yaley got spun into his pit box after contact from Kyle Weatherman. Uh, you know, that was, there was a lot of stuff going on pit road. Uh, it was, uh, man, like you said earlier, they don't get enough credit because there was a lot of stuff going on there. Man, that stuff is crazy, man. <laughs> Just like, and most of the time the back is turned to the action there, you know. And then, uh, yeah, when we start stage three, let's let's put Howard on the pole here and let's uh, fire him back off, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kobe Howard. Um, wow, that was, yeah, him and uh, another guy that was up at the front there. Was it Josh Williams? Someone else was up at the front. And yikes, they were able to slice through and everything was okay. But right there again fresh tires with everyone behind them pretty much had fresh tires and it was on it was on yeah that's uh that's how (laughs) the start of stage three ended up going yeah uh at one point Myatt Snyder got loose and he made contact with Noah Gregson Noah made pretty decent contact with the wall uh both were okay but you had to wonder about Noah there if he was in a cup car that he would have had a pit yeah, that, that body on them Xfinity cars are a little bit forgiving, you know, so. But uh, all day long, Gregson was the fastest car, it seemed to be, all day. Especially on the long run, absolutely. Uh, Justin Elgeyer tried to clear Riley Herbst at one point, but Herbst was there, and Justin goes hard into the wall. Herbst, of course, gets damaged from that as well. There was a caution. Uh, another crazy restart off after that. Um, but Mark, your pick was uh, Justin Allgaier there, and before the uh, disqualification that we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, our guys were going to finish 40th and 39th, the last that you could finish there. And I was thinking while I was here, I was like, do we even deserve? Uh, does anyone deserve to get a point if you finish 39th, but you're in front of the other guy? <laughs> um, but I'll take it, you know. Um, unbelievable that you blew up on a on a caution lap and. Uh, yeah, Allgaier definitely wasn't clear, and he piled her in the wall and went behind the wall, and that was it. Hey, Allgaier's just off to a rotten start this year. That's uh, three uh, three finishes out of the top 25. So, uh, man, he's got his work cut out for him. Huh? I still think he'll pull out a victory and still should be able to get in the playoffs. Yeah, not a good start for him, but he's in good equipment. He's a darn good racer. I expect him to be able to rebound from it but obviously not the start that you would like uh, Brett Moffitt took the lead with 36 to go from AJ Allmendinger he was one of the few who took tires under that last caution there but then here comes Noah Gregson he takes it five laps later um, Moffitt eventually got into the wall late he had a pit from second place what a shame that was 
You know, Moffat looks just as strong in an Xfinity car than he does in a truck. You know, he, uh, boy, you can see the talent with, uh, with him. So, uh, but, uh, Hey, during that series there, we, uh, we, uh, noticed a Whataburger car and my, uh, I saw the Whataburger and my mouth started watering just like, Oh man, Whataburger. And then, uh, and then you, you bring it along what happens with the Whataburger car a little bit later in this race here. Yeah, I know. I saw that and I had a text you right away. I was a little bit behind on the race than you were. And I was like, Whataburger, remember that when we went down in Pensacola and we, you were telling me all about Whataburger. I didn't know what the hell it was. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. And you heard the guys talking about it too. A lot of those guys uh, enjoy Whataburger as well. Yeah. It's like coming off a of turn four and then you just decide at the last second that you're going to hit pit road. And uh, <laughs> if anybody was walking on the sidewalk in Pensacola that day, um, well, they'll put their life in their own hands when I saw a Whataburger. Yeah, and, and you and you lived it in the passenger seat, dude. I mean, it was there was no blinker. There was just like, like hit the driveway and we're going to Whataburger right now. So, uh, yeah, I was excited about that stuff. <laughs> I just remember from that you saying – if you see a Whataburger, let me know. I go, hey, there's a Whataburger. Where? And you just turned left. I don't even think you saw it. You just knew to turn left. I don't know how. God took the wheel or something. And uh, three lanes across traffic, and we were uh, we were in Whataburger. A pretty hard bump getting in there, though. Yeah, I think there was sparks flying when I hit when I bottomed out going into the driveway and slammed her in the park. And uh, hey, dude, we were about to have lunch. <laughs> I'm almost surprised that the airbags didn't go off, to be honest with you. But we got our Whataburger. Our our rental car almost looked like uh, Jeff Port, uh, Jeff Gordon and Clint Boyers from the other week. Oh, that was good stuff, man. But, yeah, all of a sudden it's one of these where and just jerk the wheel to the left. And, yeah, thank God somebody wasn't working, walking on the sidewalk because they would have got taken out. <laughs> now I see why you have so many problems on iRacing, but th- yeah. anyway, to, to move on here, um, Noah was going to be close on fuel, um, but after the Moffat incident, he was able to, you thought was going to be able to take it easy, and then here comes the incident. He comes up on David Starr, who was in the number 13 Whataburger car, strange enough, um, <laughs> and they thought star had a tire go down, but it didn't. He either had something. I don't know what happened there. If he overdrove the corner or got loose, something happened. Noah had nowhere to go. Unbelievable timing. That place owes Noah Gregson big time. He has dominated the last three laps there and has nothing to show from it. Yeah, that's true. You know, he was running along and when Moffat cut a tire down, you know, um, um, Gregson had a six second lead and you know if you figured that he would have maybe kind of gave it up a little bit slowed down um, I guess a little bit you know he had a nice lead with three to go um, there was guys that were making him frustrated that wouldn't get out of his line the 44 um, got in his way and he lost a little bit of the uh, his lead at that time and um, just unfortunate man it's unbelievable the damage that Gregson got on the front of that and and he uh he showed his uh frustration on his interview (laughs) as he as he explained what was going on there so yeah yeah he uh he ended up saying uh you know there's dipshits in the way every week and all of that stuff that's just a paraphrase it there but obviously very very frustrated there um as he should be you know he had that in hand the last three times and wasn't able to come away with anything um i couldn't believe how frustrated i would be in that situation i mean so unfortunate um yeah you you know speaking of him like leaning back a little bit he claims he was half throttle and he was still gaining time on the second place car there uh so i don't know how much more you could get out of it if you're half throttle but I thought about that when he was going by Riley Herbst, even though him and Herbst grew up together, were good friends. If you remember the last year, they had a couple of incidents and Herbst said it would come back to, to bite Noah at some point. And Riley had damage from the earlier incident from Gregson's teammate. And as Noah was going to the inside of Riley, I thought, is this going to be the time that it comes back and haunts him? Maybe he should just ride behind Herbst. 
Uh, no issues there, but unfortunately later, uh, obviously there was. Yeah, for sure. You know, another thing that was really frustrating also, um, there was overtime one and uh, A.J. Allmendinger went into turn one and just did a power slide and did just an amazing save. And before he saved it, they threw the caution flag. And I just like, what in the hell? I think I, I think I woke my wife up <laughs> in the other room because I just like, I think I yelled why at the top of my lungs, just like why, you know, you and I should uh, maybe put an application in and uh, be a director because I think we can do a better job than what I've seen down there in NASCAR so far this year. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to reel you back. I'm going there. Yes, I'm going there. Yes, I'm frustrated about how cautions have been displayed so far this year. And uh, I hope they clean that up. But so far this year, um, I'll give them a D minus of how the cautions have flown so far this year. Well, you're entitled to your own opinion here. Obviously, we have this podcast to, you know, voice that. But I will say, A, it's a lot harder than anyone thinks it is. You have a lot of people in your ear. It's, you know. It's a lot harder. You see someone spinning that bad. It's happened before. This same situation is not the first time where someone has made an unbelievable save and they've thrown the caution. In fact, AJ being in a pack of cars like that probably brought out the caution because no one thought he would save it, you know, while you're in the pack. But it's happened at more inconvenient times where it's a single car that's that out of control and he ends up saving it. So uh, could they have not thrown the caution and let it go? Yeah. It, did it turn out to be a huge deal? Not really. So that's why I don't really have a huge problem with it. Um, but I understand where you're coming from. Uh, it was a great finish, though. Myatt Snyder was able to hold on uh, to the win, held off Tyler Reddick. Here's where we get into the disqualification talk. Tyler Reddick's car was disqualified uh, for rear-end hide rights. Uh, was a little too low, I believe. Um, uh, Myatt Snyder finished first, obviously. Then it would be Brandon Jones, Hemrick. Jeb Burton, Austin Sindrick, Justin Haley, Moffitt, Sieg, Clements, and Josh Berry comes home with the top 10 because of Reddick being DQ'd. But uh, um, Josh Berry, A.J. Allmendinger, Brandon Jones, and Jeremy Clements all had a loose lug. Uh, how about a loose lug nut? Hey, there they are again. Yeah, yeah, the 23, he was too low on the right, right rear, rear side. And uh, – Hey, how about the 98 when he parked it on pit road? That was one hot Mustang, and that one uh, started on fire after the race was over. Yeah, <laughs> uh, those Mustangs are always hot, huh? <laughs> They're hot, man. I mean, he just made that one just a little too hot, and then it decided to uh, kind of go up in a poof at the end. So, But uh, all in all, good race. Um, yeah, you got to like Homestead, man. There's uh, so many grooves and so many ways to get around that place. You know, you take the championship uh, situation out of it, you know, about always wondering where they are in points and how they're running, and it just becomes a flat-out race, and it, uh, it's a better way to enjoy Homestead. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little later. We'll, I'll bring that up. I have a point that I want to make on that, but uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you. Homestead puts on some good racing. Like I said, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, for All the right. Xfinity race, there was eight cautions for 42 laps. 20 lead changes among 11 drivers and the time of the race was two hours, 30 minutes and 59 seconds. So um, all in all a good race. Uh, yeah. Homestead uh, Homestead was a, uh, was a good race for the Xfinity series for sure. I like the stuff where they start in the light in the mid, mid afternoon and it ends up at dusk or dark afterwards. Talk about switching the, the track conditions around. I, I like the start time of that, so that makes it also interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And and you saw that more with the, the cup race maybe a little bit, or maybe I just noticed it more with the lights coming on. But, uh, yeah, it's you're going through that transition period throughout the day too, so uh, puts a little extra challenge in it probably. Did you notice the grills on the front of the Xfinity cars are offset to the right side? It's not all the way across centered in, uh, in the middle. It's all set off to the right-hand side under the front bumper. And I thought that was interesting. I've never seen that before either. Oh, you noticed something I, I didn't there. Uh, I'll have to go back and take a peek at that. That's interesting. 
Yeah, they it's offset that they've they've got the intake grill on the bumper and it's uh all the way over like three quarters of the way over to the right hand side. Um I didn't see that on the cup cars, but uh the Xfinity, yeah, the, the grill openings uh were set off to the right hand side. It's not centered on that bumper. Huh, I wonder why that would be. We'll have to try to find out some information on that. Yep, that's something new that I never saw before. Yeah. Well, let's transition into the Cup Series now. Before the race, it was announced the 58, the 7, and the 11 had a start from the rear. Uh, a couple of those were due to uh, unapproved adjustments. Yeah, the 15, he actually was, uh, he got uh, two times they didn't pass through, um, pass through uh, inspection. Um, you know what? That cost the 11 all day. All day long, he was working uh, his way, and then he uh, he also screwed up halfway through the race too, and kind of that was his demise. Yeah, he was supposed to start from the pole, so big penalty there. Uh, early on, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Kyle Larson were very impressive. Uh, it got very aggressive after the competition caution. I loved that. Uh, Chris Busher goes on to win stage one. It was Busher. Kozlowski, Truex, Byron, Bowman, Larson, Logano, Elliott, Kurt Busch, and Austin Dillon, your top 10 in stage one. Yeah, there was some comers and goers there, but boy, that Ford of uh, Boucher sure sure looked awful good. And then, uh, well, Davidson, he blew up in the 15 car later on uh, before the stage was over and had a little fire um, before he got into the pits. But uh, unbelievable run by Boucher, but Boy, you're going to see some comers and goers in this race. The ones that were running really stout at the beginning in stage one, they sure didn't seem to be around in stage three. Absolutely, and I think we just touched on it with the Xfinity series a little bit before we talked to Ty. Um, the transition period, that's, you know, we hear, we've heard about it in the past at a few tracks. That certainly played a factor here, I have to believe. It absolutely does, for sure. Um, speaking about Chris Busher, Busher, Logano, and Brad Kozlowski pretty much controlled all of stage one there. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, Logano was there early and just his, his, his ship was taken on water all day. And he just, just kept the, the further the race went on with Logano, the further he fell behind. Well, and you heard him and Brad talk about it the last few weeks about the short run speed. And it seemed like after a caution, Logano would be third or fourth. He'd get up to second, fighting for the lead, and then he would fall off again. So they're battling a little bit of something there with long run speed at Penske. Yep, yep. They're going to have to figure that out because, you know, there's eight other uh, mile-and-a-half racetracks coming up. And uh, so they got to get their act together because that's a quarter of the schedule. Yep, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I think that's why you're hearing Brad and Joey talk about it um, so they can hopefully – take care of that problem before it becomes too big of an issue. Uh, there was a big moment for Chase Elliott in stage two. Um, boy, it was almost big. He got in front of Brad. He slid up. It wasn't a slide job. He got super loose, followed the car up. Brad was right there. Brad luckily got on the binders, got off the gas, gave him a little little shove there. That was almost big. Uh, Chase Elliott, Brad, and there was uh, uh, Larson right there as well. Um, it's almost amazing that that wasn't a wreck. Yeah, I'm sure Chase will come up to Brad tonight and say, thanks, man, <laughs> because otherwise that, that would have dumped him. Uh, just think if that would have happened with uh, five to go. Um, Brad wouldn't have let off like that, and the nine would have been a mess. Um, wow, what a save. Uh, yeah, Chase uh, somehow saved that car, and Brad gave him the room to do so. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And and Larson was right there, too. He could have been involved in it, and he was having a good day. Ooh, that was uh, – <laughs> I, I was sitting there kind of clenching in my, my chair there for that one. Uh, there was a caution with seven to go in stage two. Corey LaJoy blew up. Uh, that gave us a one-lap shootout, and William Byron is able to come from a few positions back. He wins stage two. Hamlin pushed up the track in front of Truex, and they both lost some momentum. Truex was not happy. No, he said over the radio, what kind of move was that? And then they even brought back the replay to even show, you know, why he was disgruntled about that. And, 
yeah, I could understand that. You know, Truex was in the line, and then uh, Hamlin kind of kind of chopped him off. You know, as a partner, but oh well, I could understand. But uh, well, yeah, it, it is what it is. There, I feel like those two. You know, I'm sure they get along okay, but I feel like those two. Hamlin has done this before to Truex a little bit. And I feel like does Hamlin take advantage of knowing that Truex isn't going to return the favor or he's going to give room? I, I thought about that as it was happening because I feel like Hamlin has done that before to Truex. You know, once when it gets to be championship round, guess what? Once when you start going through the playoffs, that could come back to haunt him and just say, next time I'm not going to do that. So, you know, put that in the, in the thought bank and, uh, and move on. But yeah, you think your teammates going to give you a, give you a break there and, uh, um, one of these times, it's not going to be that way. And it's kind of a catch-22 because if you're uh, Truex, uh, what do you do? Because if you don't stand your ground, it hurts you because you're going to make t- contact, you're going to hit the wall, you're going to get damaged. Uh, it's a catch-22 there. Uh, I'm sure they'll iron it out a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. it's happened before between them two. Yeah, it's not the finish of the race. You know, you're still coming for that stage stage points. You know, um, different story if they're coming for the victory. You know, you're coming to the checkered flag. Um, then it could be definitely a different situation. So, yeah, uh, Truex kind of yielded to him and let him have that. But I'm sure when they have a meeting on Monday, they'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, so Byron was your winner of stage two. Hamlin second. Kurt Busch, Truex, Larson, Busher, Harvick, Blaney, Bowman, and Kozlowski are top ten there. Um, in the final stage, uh, a couple of big things that happened. Almirola tried to slide job Ryan Blaney, but it went wrong. Uh, they both have pretty good damage from that. Uh, unfortunate for those two. Yeah, he thought he was clear, and that was another one where he thought that, you know, that uh, the 10 was going to give him a break. or It was the other way around. Blaney was going to give the 10 a break, and, uh, and, and it ended up going wrong for both of them. And then uh, – you know, after the pit stop there, and then that's when Hamlin was too fast on pit road. And that, it kind of sucks when you only got 60 laps to go. You might get away with that early in the race, but with 60 laps to go and you got to start in the back, uh, Hamlin's uh, day was set after that. Yeah, yeah, hard to get track position at a place like that, uh, especially late on worn tires. Yeah, absolutely, but uh, – you know, then once they got going, you know, the five, you thought Larson was going to run that upper groove, you know, all the way around. And he was there most of the day. And the 19 was there, you know, it was good competition. But, man, I'll tell you what, uh, the 24, wow. Um, hmm, unbelievable how much uh, um, Byron was uh, stout there in the race. And he was set up and, uh, yeah, it was a good run for him at the end. Yeah, he kind of, I don't want to say lucked his way into the stage to win, but Hamlin had and Truex had good momentum, and that slowed them both down, and he kind of came to the inside and was able to pass both of them there coming down the front stretch. Uh, but after that, he dominated the last stage. Uh, we're going to give away the win there. William Byron wins uh, with four to go. Reddick got by Truex and dive-bombed Kyle Larson, and it didn't stick. That was almost big there. Um but, yep, William Byron, Reddick was using that uh, high line there. And I looked at my wife and I said, can you imagine, like, even driving next to a wall in a passenger car, let alone a car that probably isn't, you're on the edge at all times? And it's crazy how close they get to that. But Reddick has it down to a T. Sometimes he crosses the line a little bit. I think as he's matured, he's gotten even better at it. Uh, that won him a championship in the Xfinity Series a couple years ago. And, uh yeah, he was able to come home second, but William Byron leads 102 laps. He started 31st. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. You know that Reddick talking about him, that that line was not there until after the, the track cooled off, and then it was there, and uh, wow, that takes some talent to sit there and run, rail ride that wall like that. It's unbelievable how he how he does that. That, take, that takes talent to do something like that, man. Oh, unbelievable. And, and stones to do it too. I mean, my God, lap after lap, you're constantly, even on the front straightaway, you never get away from the wall. Um, man, the concentration and stones that takes, whoo. Oh, oh man. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, Kurt Busch was so stout during that race, too, and and finally all of a sudden he had to come in and he had a pit before a left front tire that was uh, loose. And you know what? He drove back and still got an eighth-place finish. I mean, kudos to Kurt Busch to, to pull that off. You know, the twenty, the two and the 22, you know, Keselowski and, and – uh, on the uh, 22, uh, think 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 of his name here. Logano, Logano, the 22. They they both decided at the same time that they were going to pit, and they were going to come in early and hoping for um, a caution if they could have got back that way. And it just uh, it, <laughs> the caution never came out. Uh, Kozlowski got his lap back, and Logano didn't. But they just kind of like had a. It was like a Hail Mary for them guys. And they were just, you know, for two guys that really run well there, they they didn't show me much today. Unbelievable. I think the Fords really struggled today, man. Um, something to look forward to for the rest of the, the rest of the race on these mile and a half. Yeah, there were some Fords that struggled, but there were some in the top 10 too. So it went Byron, Reddick, Truex, Larson, Harvick, McDowell, Newman, Kurt Busch, uh, Alex Bowman and Kyle Busch. Uh, Kyle Busch was your pick. You beat me. I had Hamlin. So you gained two points this week, um, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Kyle Busch was a guy that we didn't hear from all day either. They, they were having problems early. He comes back to get 10th, which uh, is a good finish at the end of the day. But a guy that you thought you would hear from too uh, just never materialized anything. Oh, you'll hear from him on Radioactive on Race Hub this week. I'm sure you're going to hear you're going to hear a ton of frustration from him. Hey, how about Newman with a seventh? And you know he was around all day, especially when uh, Boucher was around. And how about sixth place McDowell? Wow! Now all of a sudden, another top ten out of him. And and Harvick just keeps chugging along slowly, you know, and gets a top five. You know, you don't hear much of Harvick, but he's he's around. Um, he's still going to be somebody that you're going to have to deal with later in the season. So, um, yeah, some comers and goers, uh, <laughs> really a super good race, man. I love Homestead. Yeah. Let's, let's get into that a little bit because you touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, Homestead, you know, people say, get, get rid of the mile and a half. There's a few that just put on some excellent racing. Homestead is at the top of that list. Homestead, Miami speedway is i mean look at the restarts you get four or five wide all going into turn one and you used to see that a lot more especially with the later in the races with the championship as you just mentioned but man is it exciting there's a couple of lanes to use you you know if you got your car running if you got your car that can run the bottom you can make some hay too if everyone's running the top or if you got your car running the top early you can make some hay doing that there's so many different things and you and i both like to say there's 40 stories out there there's 40 storylines and watching the race is part of that seeing which storyline develops and how it's all going and and all that in this race exasperates that it is amazing you know i never was a fan of fan of progressive banking but whatever they did at homestead um they've hit a home run on that one it's unbelievable. Um, it's amazing how you can you can dive bomb down low and you can do the crossover and come up on somebody and cut up in front of them. And there was some close calls today, man. All of us, you know, just like there's not a hole there. And he just kind of cuts them off and gives them a bump on the rear end and keeps on moving, um, you know, as they're dancing along. So, um, yeah, for progressive banking, they hit a home run at Homestead, man. I, I like that. Um, maybe they should put that uh, that racetrack twice on the schedule. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that is a track that uh, it might not be the championship race anymore, but it's awesome. And I was thinking about this too earlier. What a great couple of weeks for NASCAR being down in Florida the whole time. Awesome, you know, get to spend some time down there. Um, but how about the winners we're getting? Let's just talk about the Cup Series. You have Three guys who, I mean, William Byron, you thought maybe could. Christopher Bell, maybe you wouldn't be shocked if they didn't, but wouldn't be shocked if they did. Mike Waddell, surprise winner. We have three kind of early winners that you might not have suspected this early. It's been fantastic racing. 
you know, there's going to be some favorites that are going to be at the end here trying to get into a playoff spot because of them um, unexpected guys that finished where they are. Um, you're going to see some big-name guys scrambling to try to get in. If they don't have a win and they're going on points, there's going to be some big names that are going to be waiting around here uh, at the end of the schedule. Um, hey, when it comes to Homestead, why don't we just throw the why don't we throw the All Star race there? That would be a place for an All Star race. That's not a bad idea either. Uh, I like that. I didn't even think about that, but that is that might be a heck of an idea there. Um, you know, and then let's talk about the Xfinity series a little bit. You think about the surprise winner there, Ty Gibbs. Uh, the second week of the season, Cindric won the Daytona opener. Not so surprising. Ty Gibbs win it. Then Myatt Snyder, two first-time winners back-to-back. Um, you know, and thinking if you win a race, you may be in. That might not be the case this year. This might be the first year where winning one race might not be enough. And just think, we still got uh, we still got two Talladegas coming. We got a Daytona. We got some road courses. And we got a dirt race. So, <laughs> Wow, it's all up in the air, man. It's uh, it's gonna be <laughs> um, a heck of an outlook that's coming up here, man. So, yeah, there's a lot more chances for um, some unexpected people that's gonna win, and there's gonna be some big names that are gonna be scrambling to try to get into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And and you touched on this a little bit earlier too, Michael McDowell, another top ten. What a start for this guy, um, man. Um. Right now, he's, I mean, you know, you know, and you think about Priest a little bit, uh, Priest didn't have the greatest of days today, but a couple of guys who need to have some good runs here for the future of their career and are certainly doing it early. Yeah, McDowell, you know, you win the Daytona 500, it makes you, makes you wonder how much Ford will say, hey, we're going we're gonna to support you just a little bit more. Uh, you don't know what, what that's all about behind the scenes, but uh, – Hmm. You know, it was good to see Ryan Newman run good today too, man. Get a seventh place. I'm I'm quite pleased about that too. It's good to see Newman running good. Oh, absolutely. Um, you think a lot of, a lot about these first three weeks here. Um, you know, if you brought a lot of new fans coming into the sport for different di- different reasons here, um, I don't know if you could ask for a better first three weeks. It's been spectacular, and I hate to keep saying it, but it really has been. I'm a we were, we're always super pumped for the season, but these first three weeks have me really excited to see what the future has here. Well, look at the favorites that are just having a, a heck of a time right now. You know, Logano, he's struggling, um, you know, all, along with Kozlowski. Um, there's, a, you know, Kyle Busch and Blaney. Blaney hasn't had a good finish so far. So there's so many... Um, uh, front runners that are really coming out of the box to start this year, and uh, they started on the wrong foot. They're going to have to really um, <laughs> get their act together, man. Um, otherwise, it's going to fall all apart for them real fast. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, we have a very special guest joining us, joining us this week, uh, Ty Majeski. Ty, how you doing, buddy? It's great to talk to you. Uh, doing well, guys. Uh, hope you guys are doing well as well. I, I know uh, now the football has ended. Uh, everyone's itching to, to get back to the racetrack. So uh, hopefully we'll be there uh, before, uh, before too long. Hey, Ty, how are you doing, man? I, I see you were, uh, you were up this way and dropped off some trophies up at your parents' house. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Are you, where are you uh, this uh, time of night? Yeah, so I'm actually um, – I was in between – um, kind of working on uh, my future here a little bit, and and uh, gonna have to relocate. So, um, I I went from Charlotte to to Wisconsin and spent some time up in Wisconsin, and um, just kind of an in between uh, period right now. And um, hopefully, hopefully to uh, to start my uh, new journey here within a short period of time. Well, that's great to hear that something's on the horizon. Do you want to touch on that a little bit and, and elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the biggest thing is, is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find myself a home. Um, you know, obviously if a, if a good, if a good, you know, extended opportunity or, or a good, a cup opportunity came about, I would certainly do it, but, um, I'm just trying to find a home and a, and a, and be with a team in which I can, I can make a living. 
uh, driving race cars because at the end of the day, that's uh, that's what I want to do. And um, so, um, you know, we went through this off season, uh, had a few different opportunities, and, and worked with some companies, partners, uh, developing those relationships, and uh, and then obviously um, trying to find the right fit for for myself and and uh, and a good. And a good for for my future uh, long term wise. So um, I think we're we're getting close to that, and um, I'm hoping to to have something I can you know talk to talk to a little bit more specifically in the next uh, the next week or so. Uh, are you looking at something in the the top three uh, series there, or maybe a step below Arca? Uh, what are your thoughts on on doing either one of those? Yeah, so I, we're definitely focused on the truck series right now. Um, you know, felt like I. Thought, thought I was getting into a, a good opportunity with Nice Motorsports last year, and uh, it just just didn't pan out. You know, I, I, I don't want to you know point fingers at at anybody, and it just uh, it just didn't work out. The timing wasn't right. You know, I always say in the sport, it's all about timing, being with the right team at the right time, with the right people in place. And you know, I need to be um, you know in that in, in a position where I'm prepared to compete when I do get that opportunity. And um, None of those things just 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 uh, aligned last year. So, um, but however, I, I did gain good experience, and I feel like with a, with the right opportunity, um, you know, I could compete at a pretty high level in the truck series. So that's what we're uh, trying to focus on. Hey, that's pretty cool news, there, buddy. Um, um, you're still going to run a little super late. I, I think you're still registered for the uh, the Rattler, and uh, you're going to race uh, up home here. Uh, we would sure like to see you uh, run up this way. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be doing a lot of super late model racing. Um, so obviously, certainly excited for that. Uh, we're putting together um, a couple new cars this year. Um, we actually sold a sold a couple of our, our our current cars, and like I said, we're building a couple more. Um, so we're we're kind of um, you know freshening up our inventory a little bit, and you know it's it's that time we haven't we haven't built a new car in uh, three years now. So. Uh, 2018 was the last time we built one, so it's, uh, it was time to, to refresh our program a little bit, and um, really looking forward to uh, to racing um, a, a little bit more uh, up in the Midwest this year. How hard is it to balance with you, you know, kind of relocating and all that, as you just previously mentioned? How hard is that to balance with building a new car, staying in touch with everyone up here, and then down there as well? It just, I'm incredibly thankful and and blessed to have a great group of guys. Um, out of Wisconsin, Toby and, and Chris and Craig Johnson, Brian Bank, and um, all the guys that that built those cars up up in Lacrosse, they do a obviously a great job. Um, not only building them, but preparing them and maintaining them. It's a it's a lot of work to um, to keep a, a program at at the type of level we expect to compete at um, throughout the season, and you know, and for as many races as we do. So, um, you know, just incredibly thankful to have really good people behind me and have really good people um, preparing those race cars so when I do come up and I do an, I have an opportunity to uh, to race uh, on, a, on a late model level that um, we're going to win the race we saw you down at uh, speed weeks helping out RJ Braun Jake Finch a few others kind of put the crew chief role on you uh, what was that like and do you see that maybe in your future after racing is over yeah, I don't intend on really ever uh, quitting racing, whether it's a super late model level or a truck series level. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy doing that for sure. And uh, anytime I can help out, um, you know, Rob or or, uh, or or any young kid that, that wants to learn for that matter, um, you know, I'm open to doing it for sure. I know uh, Toby and, and Toby Race Products are, are growing. They're building a lot of race cars for people, and it, it's getting to the point where, um, you know, Toby isn't able to, to take care of, of all these customers that he sells these race cars to. And, um, you know, I'm able to, to take some of them under my wing a little bit. And, um, you know, I understand these, these race cars uh, pretty well. And, you know, as far as mechanically, like building them, I'm, I can do some stuff, but um, that's certainly not my expertise or where I feel like I can, um, you know, bring something to the table is at the racetrack, making adjustments. Uh, helping the young drivers with, um, you know, with, with driving the race cars and, and knowing the feel that they're looking for. Um, you know, obviously that's some, that's an aspect that, that Toby can't bring to the table that I can, is I can, I feel like I can relate to the drivers a little bit better just because I have, I do drive these cars uh, week in and week out. And, um, you know, so it, it was kind of fun. I, I was working with, with RJ and Toby was working with, uh, with, with Mondike down there. And 
we're able to, you know, we text each other in between um, each run and, you know, I tried this, this didn't work, or he tried that and that didn't work, or this worked. Um, so it was kind of cool going back and forth with Toby. Even though we weren't working together from a driver crew chief perspective, uh, we're still kind of each had our own teams and crew chief in them, but we were still working together. So uh, it was a cool dynamic and uh, certainly something different and something I enjoy doing. Yeah, it was really cool to see you running around down there in the brawn pit. You know, we've seen you on video and stuff like that. Hey, man, we've seen you run out down at Homestead. You know, we watched the uh, the Xfinity and the Cup race this weekend, and we know that you run on that racetrack. What what kind of talent do you think that you can run like the Reddick line? Do you see him running up against the wall like that? And everybody knows that that's just such a quick way to get around Homestead. Uh, how how much talent does it take to run against the wall something like that? You know, it's here. It's incredibly difficult. You see, you know, Tyler Reddick drive drive around guys like like Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch, and um, you know all the all these great race car drivers that have solidified themselves as um, you know icons in the sport and champions. And you see guys like Tyler Reddick and Noah Gregson and and Chase Briscoe and uh, you know Kyle Larson just drive around these guys. And I'm telling you, if they felt like they could do it or they could be faster doing it, they would do it. Um, but it's as simple as they, they, they don't think they can, or, um, it's, it's incredibly difficult to do that. And it, it, it's a whole different, uh, perspective on how to run the racetrack and, you know, your throttle inputs and your braking inputs and, uh, your steering wheel inputs are so much different. Um, and, and the mindset is just a, a complete different, uh, mindset from, from running a, a standard liner on that racetrack. Um, you know, people don't understand, um, how much it takes to, um, to be able to do that and do it well. Well, as Mark mentioned, you have the experience at Miami Homestead Speedway. Talk about your experience there, how the track changes, how slippery it is, uh, what you had fun doing the most there. Tell us about your experience. Yeah, we, uh, you know, that was my third ever Xfinity race, my first Xfinity race on a, on a mile and a half. And um, honestly, that was, that was one of the better races I had um, over at Roush. Uh, we, we qualified inside the top 10. Uh, we drove inside the top five um, in the beginning of that race in 2018. I think we ended up ninth or tenth. And, um, you know, the, the biggest highlight to me, and I, we, we certainly saw that today, I feel, is the track changes so much um, from from the daytime to the nighttime. Our car was really good firing off uh, in the hot temperatures. And as the, as the race progressed, uh, we were just way, way too tight. Um, so all these teams that, that don't have practice, um, it's hard for them to um, get their get their balance where they want it and, and, and keep the balance where they want it throughout the night. I, I think in the cup race today specifically, you saw a lot of comers and goers. Uh, I know the JGR cars early on uh, in the daylight were not very good. And as you saw the sun come down um, and, and the track tighten up, you know, Truex came alive. And he was the best car there for, for a couple of the runs. And, um, you know, Kyle Busch and, and uh, Denny Hamlin weren't, running that great in the beginning of the race. And um, then you saw them, you know, battle inside the top 10 there towards the end. So uh, the track goes through a lot of different transitions and not having practice uh, makes it even tougher uh, for these teams to to nail the balance. You've been in Noah Gregson's shoes, uh, I'm sure, throughout the years with racing. Sometimes it's just heartbreaking. Can you put into words what something like happened to him would would, how devastating that would be. I mean, the, the place, it just seems like it owes them three races now. Yeah, that's, uh, that's tough. You know, uh, as a driver, you go back and think, man, if I would have done this different, would have done that different. You know, I had a five-second lead. What, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it's hard as a race car driver just to um, – when, when, when freaky stuff like that happens – you know, it, it's hard to put yourself in a different position or, or think you could have done something different. Um, you know, Noel was just kind of biding his time around the wall and um, was doing a really good job. Obviously had the race, you know, well in control, uh, had the dominant race car all night. And, um, you know, to have a, a freak accident like that happen. Um, <laughs> I, I've only really seen it one other time, and I don't know if you guys remember this. I, I, it was an Xfinity race, and I think it was actually um, – uh, Shendel was in the 52 Xfinity car and his team put the, put the right side tires on the left and the left side tires on the right. And he went into turn one. I think it was at Texas. It was that a mile and a half somewhere? And he, he blew a right front tire 
and clutch at Kyle Busch, um, kind of in the same capacity that, that happened this weekend at, at Homestead with Noah and, and David Starr. So I've only seen that happen a couple of times. Uh, it's just one of those freak accidents, and obviously not nothing really either of those drivers could do. Here's a question that's a little bit outside the box here, buddy. Um, do you ever get an opportunity? Do you ever get a chance to go out and inspect the racetrack and actually walk and look at the seams? Have you ever done that when you actually look at a racetrack before you race on it? Um, certainly at a, at a short track level, I do. Um, you know, just to get a visual of the racetrack before you um, before you go out there. One, one thing NASCAR does offer uh, for for, uh, for any of the drivers are ride arounds before the track. So they'll take you in a, in a van or, or a car of some sort, and you can uh, at least get a ride around the racetrack and get a, a visual. Um, for some of these tracks, say, that you've never been on before, I know, um, you know, Krause specifically and myself last year, uh, you know, we went to a lot of racetracks that, that we had never seen before, and our, our first laps around that track were – uh, lap one of the race, uh, uh, you know, so it, it's difficult to uh, to do that, certainly. And uh, at least, you know, like I said, NASCAR provides those rookie rides um, so you can go out and get a visual of, of these racetracks just so you have somewhat uh, of an expectation going in. But, um, but as far as walking them, uh, no, uh, typically they don't, they do not let us uh, do, do walk around. What were your thoughts overall on the weekend? Homestead Miami, Mark and I both think put on one heck of a show for both series. Yeah, I I think, you know, it was a, I thought it was a great race today. You know, as a, as a, uh, a fan of motorsports that's pretty involved, I thought it was a great race. It was awesome seeing uh, a lot of new teams specifically today, um, you know, show speed that they haven't showed in a long time. Um, you know, one team that sticks out to me specifically is, is Roush Fenway Racing. Um, and then, of course, uh, Front Row Motorsports with their alliance with Roush. Uh, they showed a lot of speed today. Chris Busher was really, really good in the beginning of the race. Um, you know, as the sun went down, it seemed like their balance probably got too tight and he lost track position and, and couldn't ever recover. But Ryan Newman, you know, ran really well inside the top 10 all day. I think he ended up with the top 10. And Michael McDowell, you know, with a with a I think a sixth place finish. So you're seeing you're seeing guys, um, or, and and specifically organizations that have been really fast to fire off the season uh, that we would have never expected. Um, you know, you're talking three different winners: Michael McDowell, William Byron, and 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 Christopher Bell. You know, I would have I would have bet a lot of money that those would not be your first three winners in the first you know three weeks of the season. So. Um, I think it's good for the sport. It's good to, to see different guys, um, you know, show up and, and different organizations run well. Um, everything in the sport is cyclical, and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the, the teams um, go through those cycles. Mark and I had the, the same thoughts there. The first three weeks of the season, the surprising winners you're seeing or the winners that you didn't expect to win this early on at least, winning it's been a, a great three weeks for nascar looking forward to las vegas what are you expecting out of uh out of that weekend uh for all three series you know vegas has turned into a to a really a, a pretty racy racetrack uh specifically the truck race last fall um you know you saw those guys actually end the race around the fence so um it's a it's a you know a little bit newer pavement um but it's certainly wearing out quickly i think being in the desert and having the you know the the sand or the dirt in the air, uh, you know, mechanically wears down that racetrack at a little bit faster paces. Um, and it's, uh, that track is certainly transforming into a, into a good little mile and a half, uh, where you can move around or run anywhere on the racetrack and, and search for grip. So, um, the truck race will, will certainly be good. Uh, I feel like typically that's usually the best race of the season and, uh, or, or uh, each weekend and week out. And, um, you know, they'll put on a good show. And as far as the Xfinity guys go, I, I saw, I think that, um, you know, that the field is a lot deeper than it was last year. There's a lot more, you know, good race cars, good race car drivers. And, um, it's good to see that field get a little bit deeper this year and um, put on good shows again. You know, I've noticed that they've started these races like in late afternoon, you know, instead of starting them in early afternoon and we go into dusk and into the evening. Is that, is that because of maybe throwing more of a challenge towards the teams because of the track conditions changing so much? 
You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure there's multiple reasons behind it. I think that's one aspect. I'm sure, you know, TV and uh, TV ratings and, and timing of, of uh, different networks, you know, has, has to do with that as well. Uh, but certainly, Mark, I mean, it, it, it definitely brings in a different factor. Uh, like like I, I mentioned before, without having practice, um, it, it certainly puts these teams in, and, and puts them in a difficult position on where to start their, where to start the race at uh, balance-wise and setup-wise. Uh, just knowing you're gonna you're gonna transition uh, from from day to night. Uh, you saw the Penske cars really really strong in the beginning of the race. Chris Busch are really really strong in the beginning of the race today, and they fell off towards the end a lot. And they were you know in the back half of the top fifteen. Um, so it's it's interesting to to see uh, what teams set up for the start of the race or what teams set up for the for the end of the race. And I, I think you really saw uh, saw that today. And I think overall. Uh, the organization that that stayed up front the entire the entire race was uh, was Hendrick Motorsports. All all their cars um, ran really really well today, and um, you know they're uh, they've obviously been a program on the upswing the last um, season or two for sure. Obviously Chase Elliott was winning the championship. You know I, I look for those guys to to be really strong uh, moving forward. Uh, last question here, Ty. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you know. I just mentioned in my last question to you, we're seeing a lot of surprising winners here. Uh, we thought we would see this next year in the Cup Series with the new car, but we're getting it this year. Uh, Mark and I have even touched on this earlier in the podcast, saying maybe winning uh, one race this year might not be enough just to get you in. Maybe there's more than 16 winners, and in the other series, how many playoff drivers get in. Why do you think we're seeing these surprising winners early on, and what do you think about winning one race not being enough this year? Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not sure what to think about that. You know, specifically in the Cup Series, um, everybody knows this new this new car is coming, right? So, how how much engineering, how much R and D, how how much money, and how many resources do you spend on continuing to develop this car when you know it's it's not going to to matter um, in in eight months, right? So. You're, you're seeing teams obviously like Roush Fenway. They they needed to perform this year, right? Eventually, when you're you know when you don't perform, your your partners are going to question whether they want to keep partnering with you. And um, so they had no choice. They had to continue to develop and continue to get better uh, this off season. Continue to develop this old this old style car. Whereas you know maybe um, a team like Gibbs, for example, and I, I'm completely speculating here. There's I have no proof of any of this. Maybe their thought process is, is more towards next year. And, you know, they figured, hey, we ran really good last year. Let's keep doing what we were doing and and save those resources and, and sa- save some of that time and energy and, and, and start thinking about, you know, 2022 with, with, the, with, the, with the new car. So it's, you know, obviously maybe some different thought processes. I could, could, be, I could be completely off in saying any of this, but uh, it's kind of fun to think about some of those other scenarios and, uh, it's going to be really intriguing to see where the sport goes here within uh, the next year or two. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I had the same thoughts of, of what you just said. I just wanted to get from someone who, who knows more about the cars and, and all that and see where you could speculate too. But again, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Uh, we'll let you go here. Uh, maybe we'll talk to you in a week or so when you uh, are ready to announce something. Yeah, that sounds good, guys. I appreciate you guys having me as always. Yeah, man, before before we let you go, you know, there are so many people that just <laughs> just totally dig you, man, and they want to know what you're what's going on on. Can we can we possibly see you at the icebreaker or what do you got locked in that possibly come up this way? There's so many people that want to see you race up here. Do you got anything locked in like maybe the icebreaker? Yeah, so we'll be we'll be at the Rattler for sure, um, here in a couple of weeks and um, I think our first race in the Midwest will definitely be the icebreaker. Uh, then followed up by the by the Joe Shear Classic, um, if I if I'm remembering that right uh, off the top of my head. So uh, short term, yes, we'll be in Wisconsin coming up here uh, within the next month, month and a half or so. Um, obviously, going to try and hit all the big shows up in Wisconsin this year. Um, depending, you know, my schedule. Uh, depending, obviously, on the truck series and and how many races I get and and um, and where and the timing of everything. But I you know, I like to maybe run the Red White Blue series. I like to maybe run the DLI for five for points. Um, probably won't be able to do the Midwest Tour for points, but certainly will be at all the bigger shows. 
Um, so obviously Oktoberfest and the Snowball Derby, Slinger Nationals, Dixieland, um, you know, Joe Shear Classic, hopefully the Howie Lato and the, and the Jim Sauter Memorial at, um, at the Dells. Obviously there's a, there's a ton of great races up in Wisconsin this year. Uh, certainly going to, going to try and hit all of them. Um, uh, but, um, you know, like I said, just, uh, just depends on what else I have going on. That is such a cool answer, dude, and uh, gives me goosebumps, man. I've I've called in and uh, have people working for me on certain days to clear them up, man, and uh, you know, we'll definitely rub elbows, man. We'll hang out together and just so looking forward to this year. Yeah, looking forward to it, guys. Always appreciate everything you guys do helping me out um, on my apparel stand. I know uh, my mom and I and, and, and everybody on our team certainly appreciates it, and um, hopefully we can have some more fun this off or this season. Oh, absolutely. We will plan on that. And, uh, yep, we'll talk to you, you soon here. Thanks again, buddy. Uh, we, we look forward to, to talking to you here relatively shortly. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you later, man. Well, Mark, it was Ty. We haven't talked to him for a few months there. He gave some great answers, some insights, and also talking about his future, which a lot of people, including us, were wondering about. Yeah, for sure. I've, I'm asked by a lot of people because they kind of know that uh, I have a little inside information usually to him. And it's, I know Ty's been really busy behind the scenes helping others and stuff like that. So um, good news. That sounds like he's uh, he's going to be tearing up Wisconsin quite a bit this summer. So something to look forward to, man. Oh, absolutely. And I can't wait to hear what he has in store at the, the top level here. Obviously a guy with a ton of talent and someone who we think should be in the top three series, no doubt about it. So great to hear something's hopefully materializing there. Yeah, for sure. That's always some good news there. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see what's going up with there. But uh, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to his future, man. He's a, he's such a a talented driver, man. He he deserves a a ride up there in the top three uh, series there. No doubt. No doubt about it. Let's talk about the next week into Las Vegas. We go west now uh, for all three series here. Uh, I'll go first. I'll pick the truck series winner. I will go with Austin Hill, although our friend and guest, Derek Krause, had a very good run until late there, so I thought about him too. You know, I was thinking about uh, Hill also. Uh, He was written down here. And I figured if you're going to go with Hill, then I'm going to go with my good old buddy, Johnny Sauter. And uh, he's going to get off the schneid and get into the playoff picture. We'll take Johnny Sauter at the truck race. I like that as well. He had a good run there last year, uh, too. So very good picks there. Uh, For the Xfinity Series, who do you got there? Man, I'll tell you what. um, You know, um, (laughs) That 98 car has the setup there, and I'm going out on a limb, and I'm going to take Riley Herbst. That 98 car has a way of getting around Las Vegas. Let's see if Riley Herbst can ride that stallion to the victory. That's that's my pick for uh, the Xfinity race. So I would say that would be a little bit surprising. So you're going along the uh, pattern here of a little bit surprising winner. I like the way you're thinking, although I will say, and Fox pointed this out, and someone on social media said, wow, Fox, you're going to do it like that because they said that Riley Herbst had the same setup as Chase Briscoe for Miami Homestead, and Briscoe was always a front runner there, and Herbst was back in 16th. So uh, we'll see how your strategy works out there. Um, I will go with Noah Gregson, the hometown kid. He gets redemption from Miami Homestead, goes home and picks up the win. Yeah, he hopefully he gets he brings a horseshoe with him, man. He's got he's one of them ones that's just got the bad luck, but uh, yeah, he runs good at Vegas, man. That's a good pick by you. All right, let's go to the cup series then. I will go with Joey Logano. I know he hasn't been running as well as late, but he goes to Las Vegas and he usually does well. I'm gonna go with Joey Logano. That was my first pick, and then I and then I I slashed that. And then I put the two down. I went with Keselowski. And then I actually put a slash through that. And I'm going to go with somebody that's been consistent to get a point away from you. And I am going to take – I'm going to take Kevin Harvick. He's going to go out west, and he's going to win the 400 out at Vegas on Sunday. 
I would not be shocked by that. That's a great pick as well. Uh, you know what? He, You said Fords didn't run as well at Miami Homestead. Three Fords in a row, McDowell, Newman, and Harvick. Harvick actually looked very uh, good today at points in the race, so I wouldn't be surprised about that. Yep, I'm, I'm looking at consistency here. Um, Penske right now has some question marks, uh, what's going on. But uh, Vegas could definitely straighten out Penske. Uh, they run good there. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there next weekend. Yep, absolutely. Uh, well, all three series out at Las Vegas there. Uh, let's get the times and schedule here for you. The truck series will start off the weekend. Friday at 8 o'clock on FS1. The Xfinity Series will be Saturday at 3.30. And the Cup Series will be Sunday at 2.30 on Fox. Of course, all of these times are central time. So uh, another great weekend coming up, Mark. We love Vegas, don't we? That's uh, that's always a good racetrack to go to. Uh, we even like it on iRacing. So fun racetrack to race at. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, very fun racetrack, good racetrack out there. So, hey, we'll look forward to another one here. Maybe we get some more surprise winners. It's been exciting so far this year. Uh, man, looking forward to it. Thanks, Mark, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep, we'll see you later, man. Talk to you later. This has been a production of Double L Sports Network. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.